He's smart. Dennis Wozniak, Binary Pines Computer Camp. He's tough. Dad was right, Major Savage. I am scum. He's slim. Diets don't work. Chocolate cake works. He's weird. <laughs> He's a camp counselor who's about to give these kids the greatest summer vacation any kid ever had. He's my role model. That's sweat! It's brilliant. It's deranged. It's funny, raised the New York Times. Dennis, what happened? Complimentary hot wax. Get ready for sheer high spirits, says the L.A. Daily News. Don't worry, Mom. Mikey, we will be playing with sparklers. And New York Newsday calls it tailor-made for Christopher Lloyd's campy comedy style. Thank you very much. It's the wildest. Wackiest. We're not complete, Mom. There's all we have most outrageous comedy of the year. Camp Nowhere. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? My fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Andy! Yo, Goody! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 110, Camp Nowhere. That's right. Going back to the well. Our uh, favorite topic, really, anything involving summer camp. This is kind of a fun end-of-summer style episode. I mean, what better than to once again bring up summer camp, something that <laughs> neither of us ever attended. Right, but yet, yet seemingly can't get over. <laughs> super obsessed with something that we've talked about in the Wonder Years episode, the Bug Juice episode. What else? I don't know. Just our daily lives yeah. <laughs> every day. And we haven't done a straight up kids movie in a while. We did do Alex Mack fairly recently. Yeah. This is just like the simple story of a couple of kids creating their own summer camp unbeknownst to their parents, like a kids only thing. It, it, it's one somehow, of those ideal fun yeah. ideas for kids movies like Blank Check or Honey, I Shrunk the right. Kids or Let's just or come whatever. up with a completely unrealistic premise. Yeah, that a kid would fantasize about. Yeah, yeah. But it could never really happen. Right. And the logistics of it are insane. Yeah. But, you know, for the sake of the fantasy movie, it's fun right. to pretend. Before we get into it, I just want to say follow the show on Twitter. Things really blowing up there. <laughs> Subscribe to the show on iTunes. And give us a rating and review. Tell your friends. Really get that word out there because yeah. things are really taking off with this show. You want to be on the ground level. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's We're only 110 end. episodes in plus 20. Give us a second. It's still I mean, at the ground level. Yeah, it's still a baby podcast. You could argue we're new. working our way up to the ground level. <laughs> We're kind of at that 
fabulous Baker Boys level with <laughs> oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're just cringing at each other's jokes. I'm like, stick to the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting real sad. Oh, yeah. So, when's the first time you saw this movie? I have no idea. I was certainly young. I definitely saw it probably a year after it came out. I- I'm sure I saw it on... What year this did probably it come out? It came out in '94. Yeah, so I probably saw it in '95. This probably was a big. This was a rental rental for, me. for yeah. a lot of people. It didn't really make a lot of money in the theaters, but I have a feeling you know that what? most kids probably saw it in the '90s. I may have seen this in the theater. Oh, that would be unbelievable. I, That'd be like I your biggest like feather in your cap. I, I don't think. know. I mean, maybe I didn't start going to like '95. I was definitely going to the movies a decent amount. Come 95, I definitely 96. did not see this in the theater. I can remember I was there was some weird situation where I was staying at an aunt and uncle's with like my sister and a bunch of other cousins from different families. We we're all at like this one house and we rented like a bunch of movies. It was like this, Little Giants, maybe right. a couple other things. And that was the first time I ever saw this movie. It was something that I think I can remember it being in theaters it's and wanting yeah, to see it, but I did not see it till it was on VHS. It's hard to remember because I did see a lot of this stuff in theaters. I don't know. There, it just seemed like there were so many movies of this style. You know what I mean? <laughs> just slapped together kids' movies right. trying to make yeah. a buck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, anything with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, yeah. Right. What was that one where he was in? It was like him and Chevy Chase. Um, I can't remember the names of like any of these movies now. Yeah. I think a lot of kids probably did end up seeing this on VHS. It seems like one of those things that no one really talks about, but probably most people have some recognition I, I of it. I think, yeah, just as as much as anything else from this time period. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely like a homeless man's Mighty Ducks, which came out probably like the same year. Well... Yeah, I mean, to even put these two in the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, I think the easiest way to jump in is, like, let's talk about the characters. There's what I was referred to as the core four, the main oh, sure. four kids. Yeah. We have Morris Mud Himmel, played by Jonathan Jackson, who people might know from Nashville. Oh, believe true. it or not, yeah, which is very star, strange. Right. Big star. <laughs> <laughs> Things really took off for him. His whole deal is he's going to get sent to computer camp for the summer and he doesn't really want to go it opens with this joke of him watching like a camp video i don't know somebody from the camp has come to his house to, with a presentation for his parents <laughs> and they're watching this video blown away and it's called micro chippewa <laughs> <laughs> the camp which i didn't even pick up on it's until hard. like the third time watching it i was like oh that's dumb yeah <laughs> micro <laughs> micro chippewa what well, is just like I mean, you're a kid, and you're going to go away to camp for the summer, and it's, like, computer-based. It's The, the idea yeah, is that you're going to be on, terrible. like, computers? Oh. Well, I think maybe we should just point out now that, like, a big conceit of this movie is that kids, seemingly almost every kid, has to deal with the idea of going away to summer camp, oh, I know. and they, they don't want to go. Right. It, it makes it seem like it's, like, boring. I never went. You never went. Oh, no. I don't even know if I know anybody that as ever went. As much as I'm obsessed with summer camp and summer camp-related material. <laughs> I, <laughs> material. I, uh, I I can't imagine. Fanfic yeah. slash fic. <laughs> I can't an- imagine I would have liked going. I, Probably maybe not. Maybe if I had enough time to, like, get used to it, but it takes me a while. I feel like it's one of those things. I think if you go, I'm sure a lot of the kids on Bug Juice, as we see in the early episode, they don't want to go. Right. 
But then once they get there, you know, you're weeping when Which you have to leave. Which it is like, I, I will say, <laughs> it does make parenthood seem more attractive, the idea of, like, sending your kid away <laughs> for eight weeks. That's, like, a big part of this movie right. is that every kid has to go to this, like, eight-week summer camp. Some of these it's parents insane. are just, like, chomping at the bit. They can't wait. <laughs> they like, I need my time. Mud's dad is played by Peter Scolari, who... It's just shocking to me. Was like 39 when yeah. this movie came out, and I'm just like, he's like five years older than me, <laughs> and he looks just like an old man. <laughs> yeah. You might know him as Lena Dunham's dad from Girls, where we saw his penis at oh, one point. Yeah, just horrifying. Kind of well, yeah. <laughs> Every time we're shown anything into the Himmel household, they have those diet cherry cokes out and poured into the, a glass. Yeah, you like that? That's that old fun, school right? with like the actual cherries drawn into it. I mean, nothing gets my dick harder than old <laughs> pop can logos. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love old pop designs. <laughs> it's fucking a real big thing this for me. This was like several like collections ago. <laughs> and Mud's big thing is he has this weird relationship with Zach, who's played by Andrew Keegan, who you may know from 10 Things I Hate About You. Where that's about it, really, huh? <laughs> not yeah, a, not, not a big run for him. He was a face that I feel like I saw a oh, lot yeah. in the 90s, yet when I was looking at things known for on IMDb, it was like, well, Camp Nowhere, Camp Nowhere and 10, 10 Things I Hate About, about You. you. <laughs> he probably was a guest star on, like, Sister, Sister or something. In, like, every show on, like, TGIF. Yeah, like, he, like did, yeah. he was just somebody that you saw as a kid, but was not actually, like, really a big star. <laughs> yeah, he dated, like, Al on Step by Step for, like, an episode or something. Oh, my God, lucky. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I thought you were going to say, like, in real life, and I was just going <laughs> to hang myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Zach is, like, this bully, and he's friends with bullies, but, I don't know, they have this weird thing where he pretends to, like, beat up Mud and give him a swirly, but this Mud is actually his friend. Early on, yeah, you're like, what is the point of this charade that they need to keep going for everyone? I don't know, I to mean, keep up the rep for the other bullies, it's but it seems like Zach is the main kid, so right, it's like, so he, he can just tell, tell those other like, dudes, what like, what the fuck is up? Yeah, it's so weird. They take it as far as like having to like fake a swirly. Yeah. I mean, how degrading for (laughs) Mud. It's not bad enough that your nickname is Mud. You're walking out of the bathroom with like your hair drenched. Yeah. You're getting good grades for your quote unquote friend. Yeah. What's he getting out of this deal? The fact that his hair wasn't actually in a toilet. It was just the sink. (laughs) The deal that he's cutting with his friend. Well, they're part of this core four group, and right. it's like, I don't know if Mud could have pulled off getting this whole group together by himself. He doesn't well, seem that cool. No. Although it's like, are the f- what is the extent of their relationship? The four. I mean, we understand that they come to be the core four, but like their whole background? This, I've watched this movie in preparation for this episode several times. It's trying like copious to notes. Together, I yeah. cannot figure out how this group of friends came together. Right. But anyway, we'll get there. So Zach's whole thing is military camp. That's yeah. what he's going to have to go to because they try to push this narrative on us like he's some sort of juvenile delinquent, which he does hang out with those other bullies, and he wears a leather jacket on top of a, a denim, denim jacket. jacket. Which is a great move. But I never really get the impression that he's like that bad of a kid that he'd have to go to military camp, whatever yeah, it that even is. It. No. So then He's trying to get good grades in school. They're friends with these two girls, which we don't find out until, like, after this whole, like, charade of Zach pretending to be a bully plays out. Then they're all walking home off of the bus together, and they're friends with these two girls. We have Trish, played by a girl named Marnette Patterson, who's been around forever and is still in things now. I was telling you that she was in American Sniper. She's kind of like the popular chick in this. 
Yeah, she's a tall, blonde, pretty girl, and she's probably – I think they refer to her as, like, the most popular girl in school. Yeah, So somehow the, right. the school bully, the most popular girl in school, she's probably like and most, Mud are the first three I people know, in yeah, this group. Right. <laughs> she's probably, like, the most popular girl in, like, the Tri-County area. <laughs> Trish the Dish. Yeah. And she is having to go to, like, something called Broadway camp. And she says Trey a lot, like Trey. Well, that's a weird thing. You you would bored think or Trey lame, and you're just like oof. When you're using your basic trope kind of math, it's like okay, yeah, this makes sense. Like computer camp, military camp. You would think hers would be like fashion camp. <laughs> it's kind of weird that they put her in like the theater group. Yeah, especially since her actual acting is like very awkward overacting that you see a lot on right. like Disney Channel today. Yeah, well, like, that's where she was heading. <laughs> It's kind of cringy. They were grooming her to be Not like Not that, a, you know, Andrew Keegan and Jonathan Jackson are like, you know, De Niro in his prime, but they seem at least somewhat normal. And then she, like, she walks be, in and she's very over the top. Right. <laughs> she feels like a character out of Say by the Bell, honestly, which oh, no. will come up with some of her jokes that she makes later where you're just like, oof. Her dad is very checked out and just like wants her gone. And her mom, who is red from Orange is the New Black... She just, like, wants her to go to some singing, acting camp. They call it Broadway camp. I don't really know what that means. I don't know. It seems like a lot of pressure from mom. And then, now, this is where it gets real fun to talk about. <laughs> Our fourth member of the core four, <laughs> Gabby, played by uh, an actress named Melody Kay, who I don't really know from anything. but Just sort of a normal-looking girl, right? <laughs> I mean... We're going to be talking a lot about poor Gabby's looks, I think, yeah. but... In the sense that the movie is what's awful, and we're going to be coming off as the good guys here, I think. Surprisingly Hopefully. so, yeah. So Gabby's whole thing is her parents want to send her to fat camp. Right. And you're just looking at this girl, and you're just like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> I, I know. That's what I was thinking. It's just like, if you're a young girl watching this movie, <laughs> she's completely normal looking. She's, she's not, not as tall as Trish, but she's no heavier than right. Trish. I, I mean, she's yeah, the like, exact same. Yeah. It's just shocking, but they try to like kind of play it up by like having her wear like baggy clothes. Yeah, they want you to Always. think that she may actually be fat because she's like double fisting pop tarts. They make her eating in every scene right. and they have her wearing stuff where you can't really get a good read on it, but you can just tell by her face yeah, and like her arms got, like, and stuff she's not fat at all. Right. Like at all. <laughs> not even close. And it's just like what the hell if you're like some young forget girl some young kid watching this and you're just like wait she's got to go to fat camp i mean camp nowhere is responsible for a lot of body issues right, like, body dysmorphia I been it's like, a whole thing mom i need to go to like obesity camp they need to do a documentary about like the things that have happened because of this movie oh, existing. Yeah. So, right <laughs> people's lives being ruined <laughs> I definitely think it's had, like, an impact on what's led to this current climate. (laughs) (laughs) So poor Gabby, she's just, like, this normal, cute girl with freckles. There's nothing weird or she's – not that there would be anything wrong with her if she was heavy, but the movie makes it a point to be, like, well, her mom thinks she's fat. She's got to go to this fat camp. And it's not, like – how many issues would spring from that relationship? Oh, I know. But it's not, like, oh, the moral of the story is, like, her mom is fucked up and wrong. No, no, no. By the end no, of this she movie, needs to go to camp. they make it seem like, oh, we finally see her in a tighter T-shirt. And it's, like, oh, she lost weight. No, it's like, no, no she didn't. Mom, I found a shirt that is – I figured out I'm actually two sizes smaller than the clothes you buy me for. <laughs> 
just a crazy thing that again we say this in tons of episodes about older films this movie from 94 this is something that you could not even touch with a 10-foot pole in a movie for kids now i mean people would be losing their goddamn minds it'd be like how people were reacting to this netflix show insatiable which for all of the controversy kicked up around that show is, in my opinion, not even close to how terrible this is. This is just, like, crazy. It is nuts. It's just hard to... You have an adult, her mother, being like, you're a fat ass, go, you, you gotta go to, to go fat, to fat camp. camp to lose weight. <laughs> do know, because I saw the MTV special on it, that they do exist, these Oh, camps. yeah, definitely. Certainly. And obviously, you know, there's the movie Heavyweights. <laughs> Which was basically a documentary. Right, but... On the MTV documentary and in the fictional movie Heavyweights, all the characters and all the people at camp are heavy. Right. I mean, it's just nuts to me that like this girl would. This even is like one of those things. Is like everyone on is everyone on LSD? It's <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. It was like she should get there, and they should be like, "Oh no, you're at the wrong camp." Like theater camp is like down the road. <laughs> So poor Gabby. Yeah. It's a weird way to start this movie where More she's talking about Gabby. fat camp and you're just like, what is happening? And like, it's wait one of those minute, things what? that like we've watched it a couple times together, I feel like now. And you kind of can never really let that go because no. they keep coming back to it throughout the movie. So you continuously revisit this idea that everyone's just kind of putting this notion out there and everyone's kind of just like agreeing with it. And you're like, all right, well, if it's so obvious, then it's not a big deal because no one. But it's like I can remember watching this as a kid. I never would question anything. But it's also when you're a a kid, you just accept what they're telling you. But the whole idea behind this movie is these kids are kind of rebelling a little bit. They're taking control of their own universes a little bit here. But it's like at no point does anyone go, Gabby, fuck your mom. You're not fat. I know. You know what I mean? Like that I know. There's a actually a really heartbreaking scene right. coming up later where Mud is saying that she's lumpy or something like that. <laughs> and you're just like, He's is like, well, everyone you know, insane? You're lumpy. I know. Well, I think it's you just, fucking whale? <laughs> well, it's just supposed to be one of those things that it's like, if you say something enough, people just start to believe it and accept yeah. it as reality. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone in her world is gaslighting fucking Gabby. Exactly. <laughs> It's like a real dark thing it going is. on here it is. in Camp Nowhere. So as we said, it's like, how the fuck are these four friends? It's like this secret group, too, because it's like they're not friends in school. There's no backstory. Yeah, like we don't get other than it's just like, OK, I guess maybe they were friends when they were younger, growing up, being in elementary school. Yeah, together. but you have to come up with that stuff oh, yeah, right. yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's and it not... seems like Zach and Trish are older than Mud and Gabby. Now, how do you know? Well, they're taller. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. That's something. That's the only thing. Right. And I think the actors playing them, there's like a little difference. And they that's do look older, it. yeah. At school, they seem to have separate lives. Mud is friends with this kid named Walter at school. Zach is friends with those bullies. Trish is friends with a little blonde girl named Heather, which we'll we'll get into Heather there's later. That's a whole other world. That actress. And I don't know what's going on with Gabby. She's too fat to no have friends. friends. No friends, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But it's just like, okay, secretly, this is like their group of friends, and they all have to go to these camps they don't want to go to. So then Mud is at the mall with his dad, and he sees this guy putting on this performance at a store called Easy Cheese, and it's Christopher Lloyd playing a character named Dennis Van Walker. We don't know that that's the character's name yet, but I don't even know what's happening. He's just playing with this cheese and fish, very and he's out like of, It's acting. a weird way for him to be introduced 
it's actually really completely unnecessary. Kind of. It, other than you're just like, oh, it, it's he, planted into Mud's mind for later. Right. I know, but it's like the whole... But Mud already knows who he is, which is a weird detail. Kind of, right? yeah. Right? Kind of. He, like, I don't pulls know. him out of this yearbook. He's like, oh, yeah, this guy used to work at the school. <laughs> I know. It's I so, so strange. <laughs> so what happens is Mud is like, oh, we should have our own summer camp. And for some reason, that's something that Zach and the other and the two girls run with. And and I think one of the girls is like, well, we need an adult to make this work. And so he thinks of this guy that he sees at the mall. And it turns out, yes, he's a former drama teacher at the high school who was fired. And Trish makes the joke that, I mean, I guess it's a joke. It's a joke in the sense that it's supposed to be funny, I guess. <laughs> she says yeah. that he wanted to do Silence of the Lambs as a musical. <laughs> and that's why he was yeah, fired or something. I think you referred to it as a Saved by the Bell joke. Yeah, that's like a like, joke where you're right. just like, that doesn't even seem real. Yeah. <laughs> that's like when Screech is like, oh, I end up naked on an airplane. And you're just like, okay. And yeah, just like and like the laugh tracks lines. going off. But it is like. Yeah, Trish has a few need... lines where, that were begging for a laugh track because right. no one would actually <laughs> laugh. <laughs> but it is like, okay, we need an adult. Mud's like, I know a guy. He's perfect. I saw him at the food court at the mall. <laughs> And somehow that translates to... And by the to, way, I, I think if I saw Christopher Lloyd as a kid, I would be like, the, he looks scary. Well, that's the thing they always present in movies where kids have no fear of odd-looking adults. Right. Christopher Lloyd was like almost 60 years old when this movie came out. He's like in his late 50s, I think. He's like an old man now. Oh, yeah. He's very old right. now. I think he was in his 50s, mid to late 50s at this time period, and he's got kind of a wild look a little bit gray hair oh, it's yeah. just like i don't know mud is supposed to be like what 12 13 he's just like yeah i think i'm gonna i found track the this guy, guy down. Want, yeah because he's basically just a drifter living in a trailer which well, they yeah. somehow find and they don't explain how no, they find no this trailer there but it's just like yeah let's just go knock on his trailer door and it's just like is there even a fixed address for this place <laughs> i guess it's in the phone book that's the only way they could find it so the idea is they want to rent their own camp, but they need an adult to handle the things like renting the camp and also to convince their parents that whatever they're going to is a real place. Now, how do they decide on like the financial details behind this? They're going to just take however much the budget was for whatever camp they were going to go to, I guess. And I don't then, know. Like, I guess. And maybe this is a detail that I missed, but are the parents like writing checks to the only time that's addressed is when. P.O. boxes somewhere. Dennis like, goes to Zach's house and he's dressed in that yeah. ridiculous like army right. get up because Zach's dad, when he's convinced then to let him go to this camp with Dennis, he says check or plastic and Dennis says cash. OK, right. So that's why they end up with all that cash. Yeah, a lot of cash only businesses in the <laughs> camp kind of market. Well, it was different back then, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I guess you could convince people. But this is one of those things, cash. too, where they have to like set up the world to be like, OK, yeah, Christopher Lloyd was a former drama teacher, so he can do all these characters. And I right. just feel like this is like a thing from, I don't know, 90s movies in general. Yeah. The idea of like playing all these like wacky characters and like faking people out. All right, before we get there, okay. so they go and find him. He doesn't want to do it. But first, we get this whole introduction of this story of M. Emmett Walsh playing this guy named T.R. Polk. Oh, yeah. Who's a debt collector. This guy from fucking Blood Simple, <laughs> Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, he's a very old guy. He was old even then in 94, but he's still alive now. He plays Sheenie Saunders' dad in youth and revolt he's got kind of like he's, a creepy voice the way he talks yeah he's a character actor that's been around forever but he play he's playing like this debt collector tr polk 
who's coming to collect on this 1979 Caribbean yellow gremlin that Dennis Van Welker bought and then stopped making payments on. <laughs> but I'm like 15 years ago, and now they're just coming to collect it. Well, it is it. nuts. It kind of does make you think like, and I know this is just like a kid's movie from the 90s, but you are just like, were people just doing that, buying cars and oh, not paying yeah, on them like back in the day, and it was like easier to get away with it? Oh, yeah. It was like the repo industry before the Internet. It was like the fucking Wild West. Right. I know (laughs) you could just do whatever you wanted, basically, (laughs) before they like knew how to test for DNA. I mean, you could just kill people. (laughs) No, (laughs) it was crazy. I don't know how they ever solved crimes. Seriously. So the kids, the four of them help Van Welker shake off Polk, but then they shake him down and say they'll tell Polk that it's actually him and that he has this car. But they offer him $1,000. I don't know. The plot of this movie is insane. Basically, they just convince this failed drama teacher to help them pull off the scheme to rent a summer camp. Then, as you said, he does these house visits where it basically works as like a showcase for Christopher Lloyd to act as like a zany comedic performer doing all these different characters which in any like one of which is like a Richard Simmons parody that's kind of homophobic and probably wouldn't fly today. No one would be buying these characters at all. No. It's so over the top. The parents are idiots, which is like a trope in kids' movies. I right. Mean, of course yeah. the parents are idiots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we necessarily need to hold Camp Nowhere to a standard. Of, yeah, it's you know, not too hard for these kids to get one over on their parents. Yeah, it's just a fantasy. Like yeah. It's just supposed to be fun. When we did the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids episode, I kind of was coming up with the idea. <laughs> I love how I'm crediting myself for an idea. <laughs> but where I, I, I kind of suggested that part of it was like aspirational in the sense that if a movie's aspirational for like a young man, it might be like a Ryan Gosling thing like Drive, where you're just like, this guy's cool, I want to emulate him. But for a kid, it's just like wacky inventions. It's stuff that could never happen. Right. And like, a summer camp by yourself, which is something that you could aspire to as a kid but could never actually happen. Oh, I know. You wish it would happen. There was just so much ingenuity going on in these movies. It's like, I was thinking <laughs> that even watching it, these kids are like building all of this stuff at this campground. They're just so handy. You think back to movies like The Little Rascals, it's like kids are just like building go-karts. <laughs> You're like, well, how is this happening? <laughs> I know. It, it set you up for your actual life being kind of disappointing because you could never replicate right. what was going on in the movies. They end up renting a couple of cabins out in the woods by a small lake. Later, we find out that it's a two-hour drive away. They don't mention this at the time, but later that'll come up. And also, since at this point it's only supposed to be the core four and Dennis, they've only rented two cabins. This is never changed or addressed later when things dramatically change. But I was just thinking, like, so they get it in his car, because they show them very briefly in the Caribbean Yellow Gremlin, driving to this campground the four of these kids two of which are girls just <laughs> ride with this fucking 58 year old man two hours kind of away degenerate looking man really too it's fucking crazy it is nuts <laughs> a couple things i want to point out too while this debt collector guy is at fucking christopher lloyd's trailer or whatever the kids have the wherewithal to like move his car out of the garage <laughs> yeah i know which why what would make them even think to do that lots of insane hijinks and it's in this like movie. The, even chris roy is like how did you do that and zach is like well any idiot can hotwire a gremlin which i'm not sure is true <laughs> who knows <laughs> who would even know i know yeah why I mean, would a 15 year old kid hotwire a car i know 
A 15-year-old kid in 1994 I, it, didn't even make Grem- Gremlins <laughs> in 94. I was like, what is a gremlin? <laughs> I was like, where is like, the a, movie. a green little monster, dude? <laughs> so anyway, the place that they rent is this former hippie commune, which kind of fits right in with that big-time 60s aesthetic that was huge oh, around yeah. 94. We had Woodstock 94. I can remember like peace signs and bell bottoms and flowers and shit being like a big thing well, there's a lot of time. 90s wardrobe going on in this it, even like peace sign earrings or whatever like well it's like kind of like kids 60s and from, 70s by way of the 90s yeah like which is that revival dressed like the cast from all that <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah a lot of like weird overall moments uh, happening out too, maybe like the weirdest <laughs> casting move appearance by an actor ever the <laughs> the old is it is it Mickey from Rocky? That's, yeah, Burgess Meredith right. <laughs> is like the guy who's renting them the cabin. He's in it for two minutes. Yeah, and he only lived for a couple more years. This is one of his. This was yeah, it wasn't his last movie, it's but it's in the mix. Almost swan song. <laughs> hey, he's a working actor. That's true. Nothing yeah. wrong with right. it. Getting that paycheck. Like I said, it was only supposed to be the core four originally, but. Mud's friend Walter finds out that this camp is not real and it this just turns horrible. into this absurdity thing of everyone finding out because Walter is obsessed with the idea of skinny dipping with this redheaded girl named Betty. So he tells Betty about this and all of a sudden everyone knows and what all of these kids show have. up. Yeah. But because it's a kid's movie and they don't really feel like they ever need to explain anything, it's not like Dennis does house visits for anyone else. These kids' parents just hand over cash to them and I are like, so, go to yeah. a camp? I don't know. And they just rent a bus, and all of a sudden, all of these kids are going to camp. And like I said, they don't ever tell Burgess Meredith's character that they need more cabins. It's just like, they well, we're showing them, up. Though, yeah. <laughs> There's so many plot holes well, in this. this is that like it's one of those moments though, where it's just like, if you're these kids and all these other kids show up, it's just be like, okay, never mind. This isn't going to work. <laughs> this is out of control. Right. <laughs> Mud is like, I wanted this to be just like a four-way fuck fest, and yeah. now it's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> they do act like these kids are asexual through big chunks of this, even though there's right. little flagpoles along well, the way that let you know that they're not, but you're just like, what are these kids doing? Up- well, we'll, get, we'll what, get to that. I don't we'll know what that. I find more believable, though. Like These kids kind of surviving and making it through with just the four of them or this bigger group. Neither is really that believable. Well, it but, just seems like the more people you involve, the more likely that parents are going to find gonna out that something's yeah. going to collapse. Somebody's going to say something. But also, it seems kind of scary with only just the four kids there. Especially like, they're going with a grown adult well, man yeah, right. who they don't even know. Yeah, at least with like the <laughs> commune of kids, they could overpower and let's be honest, Christopher I mean, Lloyd and like some sort of <laughs> uprising. Yeah, I, we don't know this Dennis Van Welker character. I mean, <laughs> yeah, perhaps we're being unfair to him. <laughs> well, I was going to say we don't know him, so it's like. Him around Trish. I mean, come on. Well, let's, he had a teaching job. He no longer has it. Yeah, and let's, now he works let's in, explore why he doesn't right, have it. Right, now he works in cheese. <laughs> I think I covered it, but what is going on with all of these families where they're just like, A, we're sending our kid away for Everyone's just in a B, hurry to get rid of their kid for Here, weeks. just take yeah. $3,000 and get out Please. of here. <laughs> I don't even care. We'll see you at the end of summer. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> So when they get to the camp, Dennis immediately is like, see you in eight weeks. Because he's planning oh, on yeah. just going to his cabin and he's, being by himself. And I'm just like, well, why does he even need to come then? 
I guess because they were like, well, what if something happens? But it seems crazy that they're yeah, like, he's got the summer figured out. He's like, I'm paid up. I'm just going to live in this pretty nice cabin by the lake. Yeah. I don't really want to tell you kids what to do. And yeah, I don't want to be a part of really. This. I should keep as far distance as possible. <laughs> yeah, this is already this is a- really sketchy <laughs> ground for me. I don't, I don't know if I should be around. Right. I saw some of these girls brought their bikinis. I don't want to be in the mix. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's going to be weird. A lot of moral and perhaps legal lines are Although already Although it's like, why crossed. does he feel like he needs to stay? I mean, like, I would just take that thousand bucks and be like, all right, I'm leaving. What are well, you going to do, call T.R. Polk now? His connection to the scheme the whole way throughout is not really clear to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't what, know. The, the job isn't really fully explained to him even. The kids are just like... Well, he did the parts that they needed him to do, which yeah. was be there to rent the cabins and then also to convince... The core four's parents. Yeah. He didn't convince any of the other kids' parents, but all right. So the first thing they do when they get there. He does kind of like fuck himself, though, by continuing to hang around because then he just keeps getting dragged into like more shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is some responsible part of him. It's like, I can't leave these kids out here. I do feel like there is that. (laughs) Yeah. I do feel like he's He's not responsible enough not to do this plan. I can't on good authority just leave and just be like, all right, kids. Whatever happens, happens. (laughs) So the first thing they do is jump off of a roof of one of the cabins onto this pile of mattresses that they get from somewhere. It's just like an insane thing. One kid breaks his neck immediately. (laughs) He breaks his neck but doesn't die, but they don't know what to do with him. (laughs) They just drag him out to the woods. (laughs) And bury him alive. (laughs) It's like in uh, the beach. They just like drag him out to a tent and put him in there. It turns into a Lord of the Flies situation, like, real quick. They're Certainly, like, yeah. all right, well, I don't want to ruin our summer. We might as well just get rid of him. The kid's, like, screaming, like, I'm still alive, but, but he can't like move. But I it would be that. I just remember being a kid, and it, when you were around, like, other kids for, like, more than a few <laughs> hours, it's like, I just feel like tension started to run high, like, real quick. Okay, yeah. We're going to get, I think we can spend some time on the realities of this in a minute, but... We kind of get this montage of everybody arriving and setting up and opening their whatever and, you know, doing whatever. And this one kid opens up his, like, suitcase and is just filled with Playpen magazine, which, of course, is the movie equivalent of Playboy. Yeah. And it, so I think it's noteworthy. This just is because quite a stash. If I mean, he has a lot of issues. If you're establishing that some of these kids the boys are interested in sex then it's throwing a grenade into this whole thing right really. it's not so innocent anymore right because i don't know if you took like a quick look at well, that hell, one character's whole mission is just to get one chick to skinny dip with him yeah well i don't know if you took a look at that blu-ray cover but <laughs> it's kind of a fun drawing of this whole thing but all of the girls on it have like huge boobs in the drawing yeah in that drawing on the cover so okay. i have the feeling like this may have first been an idea of this being like a teen summer party movie yeah like Like a titty movie yeah like porkies or something and then they kind of just toned it down to be like a kids movie but i don't know they kind of are walking this weird line where some of these kids are definitely in the middle of puberty definitely like 15 ish in that range and i just think the hormones would be going off the charts and yeah, there's no supervision. Certainly a tricky territory. Yeah, I don't know. Plus, they don't really explore it, but we know from Bug Juice just how much drama comes from like the relationships and attempts at relationships. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, well, with, yeah. imagine that with no counselors there to kind of comfort people. <laughs> no as rats. Having, yeah, to have like, people having like breakdowns and there's no one there to play <laughs> acoustic guitar. <laughs> so Mud is taking charge, I guess, and he has three important things for when they arrive. And first is letters home every week to your parents so they don't get suspicious. Second, if anyone in town asks, you don't speak English. And third, <laughs> not sketchy. Report to me immediately if anyone finds a Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, so not great rules. Not great jokes. Yeah. <laughs> they have a symbolic campfire the first night where everyone kind of burns some article representing the camp they were supposed to go to, the Which thing that they w- hate. This is sort of a weird thing. I mean, this idea that their parents all want them to go to a camp that's based on a hobby that they seemingly do but but don't like right <laughs> well this yeah i mean it's kind of that overall narrative of like parents stink they're the worst yeah they don't understand right you know general kid stuff yeah not nuanced you no, know no, you wouldn't <laughs> say it's, it's very basic but mud is holding on to all the money once they kind of realize this they all want their own money back which kind of leads to some issues because yeah, this is kind of lord of the flies-esque for me i'm like well where were they all trying to get the money back from them yeah I just feel like, or, you know, would lead to Lord of the Flies situations. <laughs> well, you know, they don't handle the, mo- the like, money responsibly. They order a bunch well, of stuff. Well, why don't stuff. you let me hold my money for a little bit? And I do feel like once you open that door, all of this money would be gone. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole thing is, like, mud is supposed to be the responsible one. But, like, it's funny that in this movie that never really is an issue. Because even at the very end of the movie, he still has that wad of He's cash. He's like the Frank Baker of this group. <laughs> Yeah, tying it back to the last episode. The point is, they deliver all of these toys and a TV and all this shit. So there's like Toys R Us and Circuit City and all these trucks. And you were just like, how did they order this stuff? And yeah, I was I know, like, I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> no smartphones. They no internet. They certainly have no internet out here. Yeah. I don't think they have any phone, really. Is there like catalogs that they're getting? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, what is it? Twenty like able to- 24-hour delivery? And like- they... And- they just have cash, by the way. Is this cash upon delivery? I guess enough that a leap- city truck is like filling up a tractor trailer worth of shit to bring to them. Okay, so later Trish is like, "Do you want to go to the mall or something?" And you were like, "Again, you're like, how are they getting to the mall?" Which is never explained. <laughs> but so I'm thinking like, well, if there's a mall within driving distance, which somehow maybe they're interacting with Dennis more well, by than the they way, show. It's not like she just says like, "Hey, we're gonna go to the mall." She has, like, this little crew of people. They're, like, on their way out the door. So right, it really gets right. you thinking, like, well, what happens when they walk out the door? Then they continue <laughs> to walk 15 miles to the mall? Well, I don't know. But I'm just saying, if there's a mall in the area, then maybe they went to the mall and they ordered this stuff and had it delivered, which I think you could do back in those kind of days okay, before, yeah, like, internet right. delivery. So, like, I don't know. It's a leap. Again, there's no explanation for this stuff because it's a kid's movie. You're just like, oh, they have a ton of cash. They bought a bunch of bullshit. Maybe, like, Christopher Lloyd's character was willing to make some trips to the mall for select members of the party. <laughs> the core four? Yeah. I don't know, but... All of these delivery trucks, it's like delivering Nerf guns, super soakers, like I said, a huge TV, all this shit. This gets the attention of a local policeman, Lieutenant Hendricks, played by Tom Wilson, who you may know as Biff from Back to the Future. It's a Back to the Future reunion with him and Christopher Lloyd. That's true. Kind of of fun. Kind of many to come, you know. (laughs) This was the first of many Back to the Future reunions. 
throughout the movie, you kind of get this like typical teenage sexual tension stuff between Trish and Zach, and they kind of have this recurring thing <laughs> where he kind of is he's such like a a phony tough right. guy yeah. where he says like all this bullshit to act cool and tough. And at one point he's, he says that he's not going to be going to school like the next year. And she's just like, you're dropping out. Right. And then it becomes well, it this works. like recurring thing. Yeah. thing. Yeah, I know. He's got it was so it easy to trick chicks back then. I guess <laughs> <laughs> they just would believe any bullshit. Right. And is like attracted to this, by the way. Oh, she's yeah. losing she's her goddamn mind that he's going to drop out. She yeah. doesn't know what to do. Right. Cause like they have this unspoken thing and that's kind of the, obvious thing out of this group of four friends is there's an unspoken thing between trish and zach who are age appropriate for each other and then eventually mud and gabby who are age appropriate for each other so and they just kind of are just like well we're two loser nerds let's just kind of get together well yeah eventually they do have that conversation (laughs) (laughs) i mean pretty much exactly like that (laughs) yeah so let's talk about some of the realities of this. And they never address any of this stuff, by the way, but it's stuff that I thought of because, I mean, I'm sure, why yeah, wouldn't you think of it? Probably gonna Number one, gross, I'm sure. yeah. sleeping arrangements. Right. They don't ever show it. They never explain it. Yeah. It's just, I guess, you're supposed to assume the boys are in certain cabins and the girls are in the other, but it's there's no parental supervision. It's, at, yeah. The, the it's, one kid has play pens. Well, true, yeah. <laughs> he has to have some idea of what to do. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like in a Me Too era, the amount of sexual assaults going on at Camp Nowhere is probably off the charts. Well, I think you just have to know that these dudes, they're innocent here, too. They don't know what the hell is going on, except for that dude that brought the playpen magazines. We do see that I one mean, he couple. he is, like, loaded with playpen magazines. <laughs> Later, there's a couple, like, making out in the rain. Remember? Oh, that's true, yeah. It's another moment where it brings up a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, who were they? Why were they doing that? Yeah. Okay, so sleeping arrangements never really addressed. Bathrooms. I would add laundry. Yeah, laundry, bathrooms, running water in general never really addressed. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, I guess they're continuously able to swim in the lake. or. Oh, yeah, that everyone which, will be clean. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, did anyone bring... You know, these are a bunch of kids. Did they yeah, bring soap? Did the, they bring shampoo? They've got, like, amoebas, like, all over their body and shit. Yeah, and they have like jock itch, right? Athlete's foot, yeah, <laughs> ringworm. No, well, I mean, they probably bought Tenactin and like several other. Oh yeah, I'm sure they thought of yeah. buying that stuff. They're right. children. <laughs> Circuit City was delivering. All right, girls on their period. Girls getting their first period because they're there for eight weeks. Some of those girls seem like they're the age that where they might get their first period because there's a wide age range. I think two just like horrifying thoughts. <laughs> Are people bringing tampons? By the way, dudes reacting to this. <laughs> Bears reacting to it. <laughs> They're in the That's, woods. It's dangerous. <laughs> Illness. Dysentery. Yeah, so, some kid gets like dysentery. They start burying him next to the kid with the broken neck. <laughs> they just have like a pile of bodies. Right, yeah. It turns into like a concentration camp. Some bear does show up. It's like the Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> The realities of this is kids would get hurt. Kids would get sick. Kids would get pregnant. Kids would get assaulted sexually. And honestly, all right, so the core four would probably, you know, maybe face some juvenile detention situation, maybe. But Van Welker is on the hook. I mean, it seems crazy that he would just go along with this. There's so much risk. I can't remember if it's season three or season four of The Wire, but this is basically would be like Hamsterdam. (laughs) <laughs> where it's just like, 
you know, Christopher Lloyd's just like, well, I thought I'd legalize drugs. <laughs> I think now would probably be an all right time to talk about some of the supporting cast. I mean, obviously, we've talked about the main four kids and then Christopher Lloyd and M. Emmett Walsh and Burgess Meredith and some of the parents and whatnot. But a couple of the kids that are like background kids are fairly recognizable. Jessica Alba yeah. is one of the kids who doesn't really have any lines, but is just there the whole time. Right. Uh, Her second pop-up on the show. Right. She was in The Secret World of Alex Mack as well. Yeah. Which led to a whole line of thinking for me that was completely wrong. <laughs> but fun to Usually I'm good at that, yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't know how I missed this. I was so off on all of this stuff. I don't know well, what I was Well, you had thinking. me buying it. I had. Like I was buying it. I was picturing yeah. it in my head. Right. I was like, "This is hundred percent real." <laughs> anyway, the little girl from the No Rain video by Blind Melon, who's dressed up as like a bumblebee, she was like on the their album cover, I even believe. Yeah, that might be right. It's a very I mean, iconic '90s thing. Yeah, I will say. I mean, when I think about the '90s, I do think about that music video. Right, and it's her. She's in this movie as one of the kids. I think she has a few lines and. Another one, which was, I didn't really realize this until this recent viewing, an actress named Allison Mack, who would go on to be on Smallville for 10 years. You just think about Alex Mack, Allison Mack. Right. And <sighs> as soon as I saw that she was in this, I knew exactly who she was because this is a huge story that happened this year. It was like a big thing. And as we know, any big story, Matt knows nothing about. Yeah, which didn't surprise me right. that you didn't know about it. But yeah. I, I never watched Smallville yet. I knew the story. I knew the name. I knew as soon as I saw, I was like, oh, shit, that's her. I was like, oh, God. So for those of you who might not know or maybe don't know all the details, in 2010, Mac was reported to have been recruited to the Vancouver chapter of the multi-level marketing organization, Nexium, along with her Smallville co-star, Kristen Kruk. In a 2003 article from Forbes, advocates of Nexium portrayed it as an organization focused on inspirational executive coaching, quote, like a practical MBA, while detractors accused the founder, Keith Ranieri, of running, quote, a cult-like program aimed at breaking down his subject psychologically. Former Nexium member Sarah Edmondson stated in a 2017 New York Times expose and a 2018 a&E special on cults that Mac recruited her into an enclave within Jeunesse, which I looked that up. That's an, a woman's group within Nexium called DOS and that she Edmondson had been branded in an initiation ceremony at Mac's house under Mac's supervision. We will circle back to the branding in a second. Wow. <laughs> a lot to fucking digest so far. Mac was arrested in Brooklyn by the FBI on April 20th, 2018, on charges of sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and Whoa. forced labor conspiracy. According to prosecutors, after she recruited women to join the organization, she used tactics such as blackmail to force them into engaging in sexual activity with Ranieri against their wishes and enslaved them to do menial tasks for which Ranieri allegedly paid Mac. Mac is said to be second in command of Nexium after Ranieri. I read some other articles. The branding was in their pubic region or by their pubic region. It was supposedly Ranieri's initials and maybe Allison Mac's initials as well. And I'm not making excuses for her at all, but 
I think there's some video evidence of her like crying at him talking. She's clearly brainwashed. I mean, Eek. she's been sucked into this, but she's risen to like second in command. Well, yeah, I mean, she supposedly is married climb to this that ladder, whatever woman who in, is yeah. another actress. But like that didn't come out until like all this arrests because of this stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. Nexium. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've taken that for heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> so what does all of this have to do with Camp Nowhere? Nothing. Just but. Cute, sweet, innocent, yeah, she, nice little blonde actress. Yeah, she's this little girl. She looks super innocent. There's a fun scene with her and Andrew Keegan where she's homesick because they, they try to play up like some of the issues that might happen with these real-life kids. And So she's homesick, and Andrew Keegan's like being nice to her, even though he's supposed to be like this tough bully kid, and he's like going to make a necklace for her and all this stuff. And she's just like holding a stuffed dog, like a stuffed animal, and like she's sad, and then she's happy, and it's just like... Wow, this girl grew up to be like allegedly a monster. <laughs> You're just like, allegedly. holy shit. I don't know. When I hear that stuff, though, I am kind of I'm like, man, I am kind of interested in like someone just completely breaking me down psychologically. <laughs> I, probably wouldn't be much. Well, that's the thing. Well, I don't know. I think they'd like get to the end of it and they'd just be like, you know what? I think I'm good. Yeah. Like no they would. Yeah. They really wouldn't want to. They'd be <laughs> Like they'd hear the stuff I'd be saying back, and they're just they'd like, be oh like my going God. back to the other cult leader. Yeah. And they'd be like, he, I mean, he never he's, stops crying. Yeah, it's so annoying. He stinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh, he's really God. just a grind. Like, <laughs> if I have to hear any more about his hair, it's just like enough. We yeah, get it, right? <laughs> You're living in denial. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids, understandably, are idiotic and they do dumb shit and they have fireworks on the 4th of July and mud burns his arm on a flare and so they have to get Dennis involved again and he takes mud to a doctor and now this kind of kicks off one of your favorite parts of this whole movie is the whole plot line with Dr. Celeste Dunbar played by Wendy McKenna now they took this one straight out of Roadhouse oh yeah she's definitely the like doctor doc. like down for like a scoundrel <laughs> <laughs> People might know Wendy McKenna. She's been in tons of shit. She's still in stuff now. She was in Sister Act 1 and 2. She was also in Air Bud. Classic. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a little bit of she's a She's just fox a red-haired here, yeah. fox. Right. I mean, she's smoking hot, and she's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And interested in the criminal element of various cheese stores that can be found in. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, immediately, like, Dennis is trying to mack on her. Some hijinks with Lieutenant Hendricks, who's trying to figure out what's going on. Obviously, he's getting like noise complaints. He's kind of playing like a, a bozo cop, like right, always yeah. one step behind Dennis. When and you do, mud yeah, and, and you would everyone. see this stuff in movies, and you're like, man, it must be like so easy to become a cop. They'll hire anybody. <laughs> yeah, again, it it plays into the whole overall feeling of Camp Nowhere, which is just like anything Silly, can happen. Yeah. Nothing has to make sense. Right. But inevitably, there is some rain. And it kind of lowers the camp morale. A lot of the kids want to leave. What if they got like what we just experienced where it's just like three days of rain? It looks like they got some significant rain. It would be tough, though. Yeah. I mean, they're, all of a sudden, a lot of questions are being asked that they didn't really think about. Yeah, they don't have anything to do. Right. It's just like... If these kids weren't fucking before, yeah. they're going to start fucking now. And what uh, else I'm are telling they you, it, just takes, it only takes one kid... To pull his dick out. Or like, oh. all of a sudden, one kid's got some drugs. <laughs> you know yeah all of a sudden those drugs are starting to sound a lot more interesting to some of these other campers well what else are we gonna do so mud and gabby they're kind of afraid that the kids are 
getting homesick and the kids are thinking it's stupidly it doesn't really make any sense but these kids are like well we're not going to get in trouble for this <laughs> Which only is you guys it. are so right. we're we could just leave and they're like whoa wait a minute and i'd be like well i'd like to know how please tell me how you're gonna leave yeah so mud once again recruits dennis uh, he gives him some money to come help him and dennis does these olympic style games in the rain and mud this is kind of a weird moment departure from the rest of the movie <laughs> well dennis dresses up like in a toga so he's kind of like shirtless underneath this toga who knows what's going on like from an underwear situation yeah, yeah. and the little girls and stuff are like in their bathing suits just flopping around in the mud and stuff yeah and this is when like, things are really getting questionable around camp yeah this is like i don't know dennis if this is a great idea yeah. for you to be involved anymore <laughs> yeah maybe you should just get in the gremlin and drive off <laughs> And put a gun in your mouth. Or maybe you should tell the doctor, like, hey, I've gotten myself into a situation I need help. here. Yeah. <laughs> Call the police right. on me, please. <laughs> After the Olympic-style games of just playing in the mud, then they do these puppet shows, which are really dumb. It's like him and Trish doing it. But I did love that Just really low-budget renditions. Allison Mack yeah. is just like, she turns to the rest of the kids, and she's just like, cool. Or something like that. <laughs> You're just like, really? It's right. not cool at all. No. Mud and Gabby start getting closer. They're like having this conversation while she's making omelets. But basically, I should say that Dennis saves the day and morale picks back up and then the sun eventually comes out. So they have to go back so to see. So they've made it through the rough patch. Yeah. They have to go back to see Dr. Dunbar for a follow-up on Mud's arm. And... <laughs> She's just wearing, like, jeans with big holes in the knees. I do love this, yeah. She's it, looking like she walked off the set of singles. Right, it's or just like, like, what the fuck? Or Airheads. <laughs> yeah, she's just like Brendan Fraser right. from Airheads. She's got, like, a Chester. fucking flannel shirt tied around her waist. <laughs> she's like, I used to date Kurt Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, running her private practice in this quaint town. Yeah, she's basically working out of her house. Which is where, like, her doctor's office is, I guess. Which, does, which is strange. That does seem like it would be the way to do it if you were going to be a doctor. I mean, you yeah. might not make as much as, like, being in a city. Then in all your weirdo patients know where you live, though. Well, that's true, yeah. And, I mean, like, at some point you've seen, like, everyone in town's dick. <laughs> <laughs> Including the women's. <laughs> so Dennis obviously interested because, I mean, why wouldn't he be? But... I don't know what the age gap is supposed to be in the context of the movie, but in real life, there's like a 20-year age gap between Christopher Lloyd and Wendy McKenna. She's yeah. only like in her like mid to late 30s this in this movie. This is something that you always have to stop and comment on, but I just feel like this is just movies. I mean, it's I know. like... But I, it's crazy to it me is. that they're acting like Christopher Lloyd is not that old. I know. Because he not. looks like a gremlin. <laughs> He, does, he looks like a grandfather, for sure. I mean, I'm not even saying that Christopher Lloyd is not uh, a handsome man. I mean, he's fine. Well, I think you'd be okay old. to say that, though. I mean, no, I, I mean, I don't he's know. all right, okay. but he's just old. He just looks old. Yeah. He's not, like, super ugly or anything, but he's just old. Well, he has homeless man qualities, it seems. He like. has homeless man appeal. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard stories about, like, hot chicks making out with homeless people Well, before. I mean, everyone has a thing. Okay? Everyone's got a dark time, yeah. you know, that they got to try to pull themselves out of. And this is Dr. Dunbar. She's like, you know what? I always want to know what it was like to fuck a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Who somehow, well, because they're passing off this whole story like mud is his, his son, son right. and that he burned his arm on a stove and that he's this great single father. It's really dumb. It's stupid hijinks, you know, whatever. 
But, you know, how desperate is she? I mean, I guess, like you said, she's already seen everyone in town's dick, and yeah. she's just not into it. Right. She's <laughs> like, you would think, though, a doctor. She needs some of that strain. She needs, like, that outside drifter. <laughs> the drifter know. cock. Right. Well, I mean, how desperate is she, though, that she's just like, I guess I'll just stay in this shitty small town. She's like a smoking hot doctor. She could go and I don't know. make I a guess killing in a she, real city. Well, I know, but this is like, she didn't. She didn't want any headaches. They never specify she didn't want to sit in traffic. I can't blame her. They never specify where this movie takes place. Although you do see Pennsylvania State Police on Lieutenant Hendricks's car, and there's some carryover from Columbus, which is where yeah. he bought the Gremlin. So I'm thinking like Western Pennsylvania. This might be like supposed to be outside I'm of Pittsburgh, maybe or like outside Braddock. You know, close <laughs> to New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know. It was filmed in California, and they never really even try to explain where it is geographically, though, really. No. So they make a supermarket stop. Zach tries to buy beer. He's told that the age to buy beer is 19, which is funny. Obviously, this wouldn't really be Pennsylvania because we didn't sell beer in grocery stores until very recently. When was the age to buy beer 19? In Pennsylvania? I don't think ever. Okay. But I think it used to be it varied from state to state. Well, I know in New point. York it definitely was 19 at one point, but I was thinking that was like 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is one of those things where like 60-year-old men write a script for <laughs> right. a kid's movie. They yeah. don't really know what's going on. <laughs> They're like, what's the age to buy a beer? Like 19, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Right. No but one catches it anywhere along the production. This is funny because Trish is with him, and she's, like, arguing with him for a minute, but then the store manager comes over and is like, call the police, and she just walks away. This is perfect, yeah, which... Just such a chick move. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is classic, though. I mean, she's, like, all up for the scheme, all like, yeah, let's be bad, let's try to buy booze, and then as soon as the authority figure shows up, she's like, see ya. <laughs> but Dennis bails him out. Dennis buys the beer. They never really say what happens to it. Does he just give it to the kids? Well, that is a weird thing. It's like this whole scene is these kids breaking rules and trying to buy beer. But I guess we're just supposed to accept that Dennis buys the beer for the kids. I don't know. They Which never brings back it. like some of the other questions you were having earlier. This movie has like a very innocent feel, but it's just. Yeah, some of the girls were like drinking till they passed out and he was just having his way. With oh, yeah. Them. There's a real dark undertone. Well, uh, to there's Camp a kid Nowhere. with like a liver disorder or something and they drink too much. It's just like the possibility. Another are body endless. that they threw into the pile in the woods. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't think all the kids were making it back no, at the end of this. No. There was some car wash hijinks with Lieutenant Hendricks. You really have to pay attention to understand. You what's had going a hard on. time with what was happening. <laughs> yeah. It's not even worth explaining this no, stuff. It's, it's not, typical. Yeah. Kids movie, right. stupid, funny stuff. Like you know, why this would even be what they would do to try and lose I don't the know. tail. Also, it doesn't seem like it would be hard for the cop to just show up. And just start shooting. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so more tensions within the camp. Stress on mud. He's t They have the whole scene he's like, where he's turning just, into his parents. I should have just gone to computer camp. I know. There would have been no stress. I mean, Seriously. he would have hated it. but Right. I feel like they should have given Mud a clear motivation, and the motivation could have come in the form of Gabby, but Mud freaks out. He goes and he sits in that hippie bus by himself, but then they send Gabby in to talk to him, or, or like Gabby goes on her own. A nice moment here. Yeah, a nice moment. He This is when he calls her lumpy. <laughs> and I'm just like, this fucking whale coming in. The whole bus is tipping over by when the she way, gets in. To give him a pep talk and be like nice to him. I know, and then he's like, oh, but you'll lose the weight, and then you'll grow a chest. And she's just, like, looking at him, like, horrified. <laughs> Puzzled, like, what? She's like, I can't believe you're saying this. I mean, I know. I mean, it's a weird scene, She's really. like, you're talking to me like my mom talks to me. He's like, well, if the shoe fits, honey. 
He's like, here, let me get this trough out for you so you can eat. I know you're going to have a heart attack <laughs> if you don't eat in the next five seconds. Uh, well, it's American so summer. <laughs> you're a pig. I think it should be stated that, again, that Gabby is just a completely normal skinny even and a sweetheart oh yeah i think she's the best character absolutely really. <laughs> she's definitely the most likable it's like fuck off mud you douche i know mud is such a loser and he goes all like higher than mighty here well this scene kind of ruins the movie in a way for me it because does, yeah I, I, you're just like why can't... it was a great movie up until this moment <laughs> <laughs> why can't Mud and Gabby just get together with no baggage attached to it. Why can't that just be a happy thing? Right. And instead, it's just like he says this shitty stuff to her. And in the context of the movie, she doesn't really care. And it's but fine. But like, she... as a viewer, I'm like, I can't move on. But I the can't way move that past she that. reacts to it is sad. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but it's like she's the one that's kind of like, well, we're losers and losers need to stick together. Yeah. Right. Like she's yeah. the one pushing well, no, that narrative. He's is... the one that okay. says I'm a loser first. And she keeps saying like. Oh, girls don't hate you. And she's like, she's saying, like, try to say positive stuff. But yeah, then he's right. just like, you're a fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck would you know, you pig? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Mud really kind of showing his dark side here. It's not as bad as we're joking about, but it is still like, Jesus Christ. But like, we've caught him at a bad moment. The stress is getting to because him. Because even if she was like a heavier girl, it's just like she's fucking tw a 12-year-old girl. Like, why the fuck would you say that? I don't know. It is nuts. But also, this is like one of those moments where as a viewer, you're like, where is this girl that he's talking to behind Gabby? I know. It, I, it can't be her that he's saying this about. <laughs> it like makes no sense. Everybody's been brainwashed to think that she's just this massive load. <laughs> yeah. T.R. Polk returns to the narrative. He's trying to track down Dennis. He, like, breaks into his trailer back in, you know, wherever they're from, two hours away. And he ends up going to the cheese place, and for some reason, Dennis I, has sent them a postcard, so he's able to figure out where like, Dennis yeah, this is. Doesn't make it's sense so to dumb. Me. Yeah. It's so dumb. He's got a postcard from this camp. I for mean, some reason, Dennis sent the cheese place a postcard, I guess, saying where he was. I don't right. know why. I don't know. Dennis has this date with Celeste, the doctor. She's going to come over to the cabin, and Dennis and Mud are going to pretend like they're father and son and have they live in this cabin and everything's fine. But she lives in this town. She doesn't know that this is like a campground with rentals on it and that they're in a rental? Yeah. and it's She's not, that dumb? Wouldn't like, she be like, well, when did you move to town? I know everyone here. I know. It's so dumb. This It's like, what, is she a total idiot? And it, as far as like half-baked plans go, they put like, no thought into this evening going as far as saying that Mud's bedroom is like the outdoor porch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you don't think that that one's going to come crashing he's, down on you at some Dennis point? Dennis is just so desperate to get his dick wet that yeah. like he's not, he doesn't even care. He's like, he whatever is, it takes to get in there. <laughs> I don't care. He's like trying to explain it to Mud. He's like, at some point, you'll understand why men ask charming, attractive women to dinner. <laughs> Into their fucking terrible rented cabin. Yeah. It's so dumb. And for some reason, she just kind of goes with it. She's just like, yeah, this is great. Hey, she's up. She's I've always up wanted it, yeah. to date a six-year-old man with a 10-year-old boy. Right. <laughs> it does go back to the Roadhouse thing again, where you're like, okay, what bar are they going to end up at like four in the morning? Yeah, but. It's a little different when the dude is fucking Patrick Swayze. Well, that's a good point. Although and I he's will like a say, Greek god. Yeah, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Christopher Lloyd yeah, versus but, Patrick Swayze. Well, hold Come on. on. 
Maybe Christopher Lloyd is the Sam Elliott, though, from like a Roadhouse. Universe. He's not even a Sam Elliott. How <laughs> well, dare that, you? That, that's true. I agree with that. <laughs> He's more like the guy that's just like shooting the shotgun wildly. The guy from X. <laughs> Trish sees Zach be nice to the homesick Heather, which we mentioned. And she says that was really sweet, Zach. And she's wearing like a jeans and a sweatshirt. And he he kind of is like embarrassed that she saw him be nice and not this character that he's tried to create the one that's going to drop out of school. Yeah. And so he turns around and he looks at her and she's standing right where he's sitting. And he's just like, you know, if you were wearing a skirt right now, I'd be in heaven, which I remember kind of that line nuts. jumping out to me as like a yeah. 10 year old and being like, Whoa, wow. <laughs> he really went for it there. Wow. Okay. But she ends up kissing him in this scene and he kind of reacts in a, a lot weird of bad way. Messages from this movie. Really? Yeah, definitely. It was a different time. <laughs> yeah. But he's not ready. No, no, that kiss because no. he reacts and he's just like, well, I'm not afraid of you either, even though he is. He's clearly afraid well, of her. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to be like this tough guy that people fear, but she's using her like feminine wiles. And he's just like, yeah, it and I, you know what? Sadly, that age, like, I guess they're supposed to be like 14. It tears 15. the facade down. I can remember kind of being in that gray area between like eighth grade, ninth grade, where you're just like kind of entering into the world of girls a little bit but yeah, i remember, I remember being in some situations where i was definitely like i'm not ready <laughs> like, oh I'm, yeah yeah you panic and you're like you don't know what to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> <laughs> celeste ends up finding out the truth because she's just driving by at one point and she sees all the kids partying including mud and she's like hey isn't that dennis's son just with a bunch of wild kids like fucking the Lost Boys and Starting to put the Neverland. pieces together. I mean, finally, a woman with a doctorate is like, something doesn't add up here. <laughs> well, who knows? We didn't see her credentials. That's she true. might be a fake right. doctor. <laughs> she finds out the truth. She shows up to Dennis's cabin. She sees that the room that they said was Mud's room was actually a back porch. Yeah. And she kind of gets the whole story out of them. But she does, ends up not doing anything. This is probably the most nuts. In a movie filled with crazy plot points this one really stands out so this woman who's su we're supposed to assume is just this responsible doctor she's culpable now oh yeah doctor's just as culpable. much yeah. as dennis well maybe not just as much but she's she's in <laughs> she's just she's a guilty. part of it though oh, she, she knew certainly yeah she if some kid got killed it's her fault and dennis yeah. ends up facing criminal charges and is on the hook for a lawsuit I'm say, if dennis murdered a kid it's actually <laughs> more her fault because he clearly has issues yeah he's mentally unstable yeah but it's like this loser geezer is such a catch that she's willing to let this go reporting this to the police yeah like, what the I fuck can't is buy this happening in any universe at this point, I will say that the la <laughs> I mean, as if, you know, that's been so great to this yeah. point, but the, the last half hour of this movie this point, yeah. is an epic disaster. The climax, not so exciting. It's a Home really. Alone wannabe that is somehow even less believable, but also completely unfunny. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, the whole plan was let's not have Parents Day so that the parents never come and that the parents are none the wiser, but eventually a lot of the parents want to come because... They want out of nowhere, they're going to start acting like real parents. They're going to have an interest in their kids' lives. Yeah. So they're like, all right, well, let's embrace it. Let's get all the parents up here. Somehow, all the parents that are coming believe that their kids are at one of four camps, computer, Broadway, military, and fat camp. Yeah, yeah. So that all just kind of works out conveniently. 
as that's happening, Polk shows up into town and he teams up with Hendrix because they're both now after Dennis. And they have all of these parents show up. They do this elaborate thing where they're changing things around. They've all of these kids are running they're making everywhere. It all four camps in one. Yeah. They have walkie talkies and cameras all of a sudden. They have all these like elaborate gizmos to like make different things unnecessary happen designs. Yeah. It's it's very chaotic and supposed to be fun and crazy, but. Ultimately, they almost get away with it up until the very end when Polk shows up and then all of a sudden uh, Mud's parents are there and things start falling apart. And all right. of a sudden it's everything literally kinda falling revealed. apart because all these things that they've hung all over the place are starting to come crashing down. Right. And at the last minute, Dennis kind of slips away because he sees Polk and he's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, this and is he kind of leaves the yeah. kids to deal with this, which he does end up having a very real moment with Mud. Back at his cabin. Right. Because yeah. he's just like, look, Mud, shit is about to go down, and it's about to be a lot worse for me than for you. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go to prison. Right. I don't think if you understand. <laughs> he's like, I don't know if you know this, but I molested the shit out of like a bunch of but these he, kids. I mean, he even goes as far to say as like, <laughs> I'm going to have like some fiance named, you know, whatever he says. Oh, yeah. Like, they make like a prison rape right. joke. What eight-year-old kid is watching this and getting that joke? I certainly wasn't, but <laughs> now, now I do. But ultimately, Mud is going to go back and explain, but then he shows up, and then Dennis is already doing it. So Dennis didn't end up running away. He's gone back, and now he's launching this whole story trying to take the blame. But then Mud is like, no, 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 it was my idea. And yeah, somehow everything is fine. Over. Right. They're just like, all right, well, I guess this kid came up with this. Yeah. There's no charges for Dennis, right. which is insane. Actually, they ended up, they're all standing in a circle. It's like Dennis, it's Mud, it's Zach, it's the girls, it's... Everyone, they're all just standing around, and they, they just start saying to each other, I didn't see anything. Did you see anything? <laughs> yeah, it is like the end of Roadhouse. Where they're just like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And somehow Mud has enough money left that he's able to pay whatever Dennis owes on the car to Polk right? so that Polk can take that money in. And he's fine with that as well. Yeah, so everything's suddenly fine. No charges. Zach and Trish end up getting together. They make out. Finally, Mud and Gabby make out. We should say that Gabby has a... Okay, this is the moment that this movie was building towards, and we should mention it because it's kind of like an explanation, kind of. It's a terrible okay. explanation. Yep, right. But they have a moment where Gabby's mom unexpectedly comes. I don't think... It's hard to follow what's happening at the end of this movie, but I don't think her mom was supposed to come because Gabby's surprised this is, by this. Yeah, confusing. So Gabby's mom sees her and she's finally wearing like a tighter normal t-shirt. Right. And she's a like, size appropriate t-shirt. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, what? You've lost so much weight. What did you lose? Like 15 pounds of your skin and bones. And so you finally see what Gabby actually looks like. Cause obviously they're not going to make, you know, like a 12 year old girl pull like a Christian Bale and the machinist and lose weight for the role. Although that so, would be dedication. So you I would see like what see she actually looked like yeah. the entire time, which is a skinny, normal girl. Yeah. Which you could tell the whole time by right. her neck and her face and whatever. But it's so crazy. I mean, I get it. They wanted to have a skinny girl so that at the end they could be like, she was, oh, look, she's lost this weight. And like I said, they're not going to cast like a slightly overweight girl and then demand that she lose the weight. Because, I mean, you can't really do that. But yeah. it's so fucked up. But it's so weird I, this that this is, what is I happening. I didn't get, though. I was like, what is supposed to be the point of this? Did she lose no weight? But her mom. It's just no, no like, she lost the weight somehow but that's not never no, explained right there, it's not like she changes her lifestyle at all 
No, but I guess, you know, she's active. Okay. I don't That's know. The, Matt, she wasn't fat in the first place. I don't know what you want me well, to that's say. Why I, no, I know. I thought this was like There's all no coming explanation. back. There's no explanation. It's just dumb. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. So her and Mud make out. Although, honestly, she should have been like, fuck you, Mud. Yeah, I'm going to go for some fucking football player. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go blow the football team. I'm 12. I'm Camille Breaker. <laughs> yeah, basically. It kind of turns out that finally, like, Mud's dad is, like, going to chill out about computer shit and let mud read comic books and just kind of be like a normal kid for some reason again no explanation why his dad has had this change of heart if anything i'd be like you motherfucker what the fuck this three thousand dollars went to nothing yeah like you nerf guns if any of these right. kids would have got hurt we would have got sued for this oh it's it's no like, kidding yeah like what the fuck but instead he's just like you know what here's, here's a, a comic, comic book. book yeah <laughs> you little douche right. <laughs> And it ends with just, like, Walter and the redheaded girl, Betty, with a weird skinny-dipping joke where she pretends to be nude and isn't. Right. It's like, I love my movies she that end with, her. like, a 12-year-old girl pretending to be nude. That is, it is a weird <laughs> thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess this movie is weirdly more sexual than you would think. It's a little more sexual than it should be. I mean, it's, right. it's, not, it's a- definitely not, like, American Pie or something, well, but, like... No. It's an easy PG. It's not even like really close to being a PG thirteen, but no. you can see possibly the idea may have been let's do like your typical teen sex comedy, and then for whatever reason that wasn't working out. So the people involved with it were like, let's tone it down. Let's just make it a kids movie. Yeah. Let's make it about a bunch of younger kids having like a wild summer camp with no parents, but we can do it at PG or whatever. Yeah, it's bad messages for kids. <laughs> You can do whatever without consequence. Skinny people are fat. (laughs) Nowadays, people would get up in arms even if they had an actual fat person and they were being fat shamed. But the fact that it's like a skinny girl being fat shamed is even crazier. Because you're just like, part of it is like, yeah, it shouldn't even matter if the girl is fat or not. But like, it's just one of those things where you're just like, am I insane? Like, what am I looking at? Yeah. I'm just confused as to what is happening. (laughs) It's such a wild thing. It is funny. I mean, we watched this over the weekend. I watched The Burbs, and it's just like this idea in movies of like charges being able to be dropped so easily. (laughs) (laughs) It's like people are doing insane things, and it's just like. Well, I do think that there was kind of an attitude with certain styles of movies where the movie is just about the fun. It's enough of a wild fantasy world that yeah, and like you don't want to get bogged down with reality, right? Because that's not fun. No, no, it's not. And it doesn't work all the time, and there are certainly genres where you can't do that at all because then it seems ridiculous. But, yeah, I think it was probably more prevalent in the 80s and 90s, but it's still something that I think exists today. Right. Well, I feel like after, like, CSI became a show, like, everything changed. Like, people just started thinking (laughs) about things differently. Like, people were never going to buy it again that you could get away with anything. Yeah, I mean, there's those bodies in the woods at Camp Nowhere that they're going to have to deal with eventually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Some of the parents that showed up for Parents yeah, Day are like, just like, where are my son? It's like the fucking Mrs. Kittner on the beach at, <laughs> in Jaws. Just like, j- just they're having Parents Christopher Day. <laughs> you knew. <Yeah. laughs> you knew that he broke his neck right. on the first day and he was still alive. <laughs> and they buried him in the woods. <laughs> All right, yeah, so, so that's Camp Nowhere. Camp Nowhere. It's kind of a fun farewell to summer. 
The next time you hear our voices, it will be the greatest October in the history of forever. Wow, what a so transition, yeah. I hope that everyone is... Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up for the same exact show. Be ready to be somehow more creeped out. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll say, okay, so ultimately, Dennis ends up with Celeste yeah, at the end of the right. movie, which is crazy. So it all worked out. She's just yeah. like, yeah, you lied about everything. You are a loser. You, you have no job. <laughs> <laughs> you probably smell. You're 20 years older Again, than me. Again, this is another thing. It makes like unrealistic expectations for males, young males who watch this movie. You're like, yeah, I could get a smoking hot redheaded doctor. By doing nothing. <laughs> by just being basically a derelict bum. A lying creep. <laughs> and then he's like watching mud make out with Gabby and he's just like smiling and he's like, approving and Celeste she's is like, just stop like gawking yeah, at them. Like, yeah. Jesus, and he's like, I just love watching children make out. <laughs> I'm just proud. I know, I'm kidding. He didn't actually <laughs> say that. He's like, nothing turns me on more than watching children make out that with would, each other. And then it's just like music hits and credits. <laughs> it's like the end a, of Sharp Objects. A weird turn, yeah. He's got like mud's teeth in his hand. All right, so. I miss it. All right, we're losing it. So it's thank you rails. for listening. Follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Subscribe on iTunes. Is there anything else to there say? There cannot be. We'll see you next time. I heard from a friend today, and she said you were in town. Suddenly the memories came back to me in my
You want to know what I did for Thanksgiving? I had my, I had dinner at my family's house. Yeah. I'm sure they loved it. And then after I was done, I came home first. I was still hungry. I went for a, a second dinner at the diner. Wow. A turkey dinner at the diner? Yes. God, you're so fat and disgusting. Well, I mean, do you ever say to yourself, like, while you're sitting there, do you ever say, you know what? I'm so fat and disgusting. I'm going to have one pancake, and I'm going to have maybe uh, some sausage and an egg. No, that never occurred to me. Never? No. You never think of yourself as disgusting? <laughs> no, it never occurred to me. I, I haven't either. I haven't eaten habit. You have an eating habit. So. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I have an eating habit. He's identified his problem. That's the first thing you have to do in, in other words, order you have to a, solve it. An eating disorder. Yeah. Right. And why would your family have you to a Thanksgiving? Because it was family. That's why. No. What are they thankful for? Having me. For the rest of the year when Eric's not around. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner. He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. All the counselors hate the waiters. And the lake has alligators. And the head coach wants no sissies. So he reads to us from something called Ulysses. Now I don't want this should scare you. But my bunkmate has malaria. You remember? Jeffrey Hardy, they're about to organize a searching party. Take me home, oh Madafada, take me home. I hate Granada, don't leave me out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear. Take me home, I promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys oh please don't make me stay i've been here one whole day <laughs> dearest father darling mother how's my precious little brother let me come home if you miss me i would even let aunt bertha hug and kiss me Wait a minute, it stopped hailing, guys are swimming, guys are sailing, playing baseball, gee that's better, modafada kindly disregard this letter. <laughs> The city has stepped in with an ultimatum. Yeah. Die or be killed.